0: Praise podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. God. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 15. Uh, by the way, while uh, you're doing that, I do want to just thank all the men uh, that were here. We had about 170 men here on Sunday night. It was great for our beast feast. And uh, also want to thank, go go ahead and give all all the men a big praise the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) And I like for the men who are here that helped out in cooking. Would you stand to your feet, Jonathan? Uh, Pastor Jonathan did a great. He roasted the hog. Praise the Lord. And Gator, I believe he helped with it. Gator, he helped with quite a few things. Also, if you could, if you helped out and you cooked at all, just, just gonna stand to your feet. If you any of you that are here, that Brother Larry, yes. Praise the mm-hmm. Lord. They got, went and got some shrimp, and all. I mean, we just had uh, so many people doing some. We had all kind of things, some things I wasn't quite sure of, but um, uh, we had ostrich queso, I've never had it in my life until Sunday night, and uh, it was really good, and so I uh, had a lot of things uh, that were really, really wonderful, and um, I found that the gator went quicker than anything else, I don't know, why. seemed like all the Seminole fans really showed up, uh, but uh, uh, but the gator went really quick and it was really good. And um, so uh, next year we said we got to get a little bigger gator uh, because the gator, uh, they were having to really ration it out at the end. So, uh, but praise the Lord, it was a wonderful time. Thank you, men. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your help. Thank you to all of you who helped out and assisted in cooking and preparation. We really do appreciate it very much. Are you in Matthew chapter 15? You there? Uh, are, are you there? Praise the Lord. Matthew 15, verse 12, we're going to start right there. It says, Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? Please underline the word offended. Uh, by the way, you know what? The, the scribes and Pharisees were always getting upset with what Jesus was saying. Do you know when you speak the truth, religious spirits will always get upset. They'll always get upset. People with religious spirit, people with Pharisaical spirits, people with Sadduceical spirits, they'll always get upset whenever you speak the truth. We must understand that the devil does not like the truth. I said the devil doesn't like the truth. And that's the reason Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the, the truth, and the truth will set you free. So the disciples were asking Jesus as if Jesus didn't know, do you know that the Pharisees were offended whenever they heard this saying? But he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. Now, uh, I want to share some things tonight about walking and living free, living in the freedom that has been purchased for you through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. How many of you believe tonight, if you're saved, that you are free, that, that, that he who the sun sets free is, is free indeed? The moment that you receive the Lord, the moment that you pass from death to life, The moment that you begin to, or the moment that you are born again, uh, the Bible says that you come into freedom, that you are redeemed from the curse. You are purchased back. You are bought back from the curse of the law. That means that everything that was under the curse no longer has a right to you because you have been redeemed. Are there any redeemed people here tonight? Would you look at somebody and say, everything under the curse has no right to you? Come on, look at them again, or look at somebody else and say, everything under the curse has no right to you. And then look at somebody and say, you are free from the curse of the law. Do you believe that today? Now, the curse of a law, for you that don't know, you can find it actually over in Deuteronomy 28. And basically, the curse of the law involved separation from God. It involved poverty. It involved lack. It involved sickness, it involved disease, it involved family calamity. As a matter of fact, did you know that divorce itself was under the curse of a law? Under the curse of a law, what it said is you'll marry one woman, but then she'll go sleep with other people. That's actually under the curse of a law. And so one of the things that we have to realize is that being saved by itself, although legally and positionally you are redeemed and you are purchased back and freedom is rightfully belongs to you, you still have to appropriate it, but not only appropriate it, but you have to do what is necessary to continue to walk in it, right? you got to continue to walk in that freedom. You have to continue to live in that freedom. Paul even talked talk to the Galatians uh, over there, and believe it's Galatians chapter five, and he said, "Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free, and what? Don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage." Has anybody ever known somebody that got saved, had a glorious conversion, you know, and then you know, six months later they went right back into the same old stuff, you know? They went right back into the same old bondage. Now understand that doesn't mean that that uh, redemption has no power. It doesn't mean that the power of God didn't set them free. What it means is this. They didn't do what was necessary in order to sustain the freedom that they had received. They didn't do what was necessary to to continue walking in freedom. Now, I I, I don't want to spend too much time just on this particular situation, but I'll tell you this much. In order to walk in freedom, you must continue in the word. See, that's the reason Jesus said, if you, can, if you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples, then you'll know the truth, and then that truth will set you free. You know, there's a lot of people that shout about freedom today that aren't continuing in the word. And, and so what happens is they fall beneath, and they live beneath the privilege that has been afforded them. They live beneath what has actually been purchased for them, by the blood of Jesus, and then they'll go around scratching their head wondering why things aren't working for them. But I will tell you, one of the things you have to do is you've got to continue in the Word. I, you know, I think that sometimes in many, uh, I'll say this, in many churches, even many denominations, in many places, many evangelists, they have made uh, the pinnacle salvation, Getting saved is the pinnacle. It's like you have reached the pinnacle. Now, I will go ahead and tell you that salvation is the greatest gift of all. As a matter of fact, salvation, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing if it weren't for the fact that we are saved, right? But understand this. Salvation is not the end. Salvation is the starting point. You you understand that? When you got saved, that wasn't the end all. That wasn't like, okay, it's all over now. You've reached the pinnacle and there's nowhere else to go. No, salvation just gave you a fresh start. It puts you at the start. Of, see, you weren't, you weren't even on the track before you got saved, okay? You haven't even started the race before you got saved. But the moment you got saved, that's whenever you got out on the track and you got down in this position in a stance, and then it was time for you to begin to run the race with patience that had been set before you. Now... Whenever you look at this passage of Scripture, there's some very interesting things that we see happening. And I believe it begins to give us some insight as to why the scribes and the Pharisees were bound. Why they could never receive the freedom that Jesus actually came to give them. Understand this, the scribes and Pharisees, get this, the scribes and Pharisees, they heard the same word preached that Peter, James, and John heard. They heard the same things, the same principles of the kingdom preached to them that were preached to all the disciples that followed Jesus. They heard the same word preached to them That Jesus preached to the multitudes that were being healed and delivered and set free by the power of God. However, the scribes and Pharisees received absolutely nothing while the masses received healing, while the masses received salvation, while the masses received deliverance. They actually were on the other side listening but never hearing anything and also rejecting what Jesus came to give. Can I tell you there's a lot of people today that they may hear the word preached and I will tell you that at any time in any given service you have people that are hearing the same word and that for some people it will be the word of life, for some people it will be a word of deliverance, for some people it will be like the word of salvation and for other people they'll walk out the door and say I didn't get anything out of that. And can I tell you, it doesn't change the word, what it happens. It it all has to do with the hearing in the ear. It all has to do with what you are filtering, how you're filtering it, and what's the condition of your heart at that moment and that time. Notice what it says here in verse uh, 12. The disciples said to him, do you not know that the Pharisees were what? Everybody say offended. Now, I'm going to tell you, this one thing will keep you bound more than anything else, and that is offense. By the way, it is really cold in here. Um, you know, offense, is anybody else cold? My wife? Okay, everybody else is cold. Praise the Lord. It's really cold. I'm cold up here. If we can turn to AC, uh, I don't know what they got it set on back there, but please, does somebody know how to do that? All of our staff, so many of our staff are... Are, are, uh, are gone. But anyway, nonetheless, I, we have staff in other places and they're doing things, but they're, uh, uh, anyway, nonetheless. So, but this, understand this. I have found that many times, although believers are saved, although that they're spirit-filled, the reality is this one particular issue keeps them bound and keeps them locked up more than anything else. I'm going uh, do you realize that offense, unforgiveness, and bitterness Let me back up. Unforgiveness is the one sin that you cannot be forgiven for. Did you know that? I want to say that again. Unforgiveness is the sin you can't get forgiven. And the reason you can't get forgiven is because the only way forgiveness comes is through your forgiveness. Because what Jesus said is this. If you don't forgive your brother, then neither will your heavenly father forgive you. Is that what Jesus said? That's Mark 11, verse 26. He said, if you don't for can we bring that scripture up? This is not, I'm just going to kind of share out of my heart tonight because I really feel like the Lord's saying some things. Mark eleven twenty six. 26. But it says this, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Back up to verse 24. I want to read this whole passage. Are y'all still with me? Is it okay if I just, I'm going I'm teaching you tonight. Therefore, I say to you, what things you ask whenever you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, the original King James Version, you keep it up there. The original King, Jer- King James Version says this, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. It's a scripture that Brother Hagin wrote. That was just a joke. He didn't write it, but he's the one who really brought a lot of revelation to Mark 11:24. 24. How that you got to believe that you have it before you actually see it, before you actually see the manifestation of it. You have to believe you already got it. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe it. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. In other words, you got to believe you got it before you actually get it. That's what it literally says there. And then in verse 25, and by the way, how many of you believe in the prayer of faith? How many believe Jesus said what he meant? And he meant what he said. And so he said this whatever you desire whenever you pray, Right? Jason, whenever you pray, believe that you receive it and you will have it. Right? Amanda, whatever you desire, whenever you pray, you believe that you receive them and you shall. Joanne, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive it and you will have it. Amen? Do you believe that? All right? Brother Larry, whatever you desire, whenever you pray, believe that you receive it and you'll have it. Caitlin, whatever you desire, whenever you pray. See, Jesus is talking to you Can you look at somebody and say, Jesus is talking to you? You know, a lot of times people read the Bible, they don't think of it in the fact that Jesus is talking to you. He's talking to me. When he's talking to the disciples, he's talking to me. Hallelujah. And he said, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe it, you receive. And notice what he says on the heels of this. This is very important. Because a lot of times, and I'll say this, in most of our word of faith teaching and preaching, we stopped at verse 24. And we didn't read on to verse 25, or let me say it like this. It wasn't preached on to verse 25, okay? And not that they didn't believe it. It's just that they talked primarily on the importance of believing that you receive it, and then you'll have it. That was what was centered on. But, but this is what is so important that so many times people miss. And whenever you stand praying, what's he talking about? Whenever you're believing that you receive it. When you stand praying, Lord, I believe it, I receive it right now. He said, whenever you stand praying that way, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you of your trespasses. And then in verse 26, it says this, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Let me sum it up. What Jesus is saying is this. If you want to see answered prayer within your life, you're going to have to learn to walk in forgiveness and you're going to have to forgive people. The part of believing that you receive it and actually seeing it manifest within your life involves you forgiving people who have wronged you. Is anybody here has ever had anybody wrong you? Yeah. Is anybody alive? <laughs> you know. I've told people before, you've heard me say welcome to earth, right? I mean, you get you know we've all seen those old movies. Now they don't do this anymore. They they do something a little bit different now, but if you go into the hospital and you deliver uh, a baby and of course I got to go in for two of the deliveries two of our children that were delivered they were delivered c-section both of them i had to be escorted out um you know one of them had to have smelling salts and uh, it was glorious praise the lord but you know you've seen the old movies before you know and the baby comes out and what do they do they grab the baby by the feet and then they they hold him up and then you know they pop him on the bottom anybody remember that those kind of things does anybody remember that some people are ashamed. But I don't want to say. I remember that, like, it, like I did it, or so. No, I, you didn't do it just because you saw something like that happen. But anyway, we saw it all. You know, we saw all that happen in the, in those old movies and you know, black and white movies and things like that. And the doctor would do that. You know, now they don't do that. They put them on a table and put a tube down their throat. And you know, it makes makes my head spin when I saw that. But nonetheless, and you know, that's kind of like you're welcoming. Party And it's, again, if they're born in a hospital, there's all kinds of things that they do and, uh, you know, put silver nitrate in their eyes and all these other things. But nonetheless, I, I don't want to get too deep into that. But nonetheless, what I'm saying is, uh, you know, coming into earth is not necessarily like for a baby. Think about this. Coming into earth involves a very narrow place. Right? A baby being born is a very narrow place. It's a tight place. You know head is squeezed. I remember when Joshua came out because he'd been in the uh the uh he had we had a c-section but he ended, ended up yeah he he was right there at the cervix for a long time i'm I'm going somewhere with this, but his head he had a cone head. did anybody else have babies that had cone heads? You know, so, you know, being born is not necessarily, coming into earth is not necessarily a pleasant experience. It's not necessarily pleasant for the mother. It's not necessarily pleasant for the baby. It's one of the reasons the babies cry. They come from an environment where it's 98.6 degrees inside and they come into an operating room where it's 42 degrees if they got the sun shining. You know what I'm saying? It's just cold as ice in there. And so I, I said all this to say this. That was a lot to say to say what I'm about to say. (laughs) But the reality is this. If you're living on this planet, there's going to be people that do things to you that you don't appreciate. If you live on this planet, you're going to have to learn to forgive or you're going to live in misery your entire life. As a matter of fact, if you don't learn to forgive, let me tell you what's going to happen. You won't see your prayers answered. If you don't learn to forgive, what will end up happening is you will live in bondage. You will not live in freedom. And here is the problem. This is the problem right here with the scribes and the Pharisees besides the fact that they had a religious spirit. You could argue as to what came first, the chicken or the egg. But what it actually says here is that they were offended at Jesus. They were offended. The reason they could not receive a word of liberty, the reason they couldn't receive a word of freedom is because of the offense that they had in their heart. Offense will lock you out. Being offended and having unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart, it will lock you out of what God has for you. As a matter of fact, listen to this. Sometimes the person that God wants to use in your life the most to bring freedom and deliverance to you may be the very one that you're offended and upset with and got to overcome that in order to get that freedom and deliverance from. Amen? Are y'all with me? Is this too strong for you tonight? See, we're gonna, we're, we, we are going to be a church that forgives one another. I said we're going to be a church that forgives one another. Now, I, must, I, I said that not because I'm expecting everybody to treat one another bad or poorly, But I'm saying is because we are going to be a church that sees answered prayer. We're going to be a church where we are walking in freedom and deliverance and wholeness and everything that God has for us. And by the way, if Jesus could forgive them, who are we to hold something against them? Amen? The reality is all of us have been sinned against at some point in time. All of us at some point in time have had things done to us. Now, I know there are varying degrees that people have experienced within their life, but I'm telling you that the problem with the Pharisees, the reason although they heard the word, they couldn't live in freedom and walk in freedom was solely because they were offended at Jesus. They were offended at the one who actually came to bring their freedom. And there's things that begin to happen. There's like chain reactions that happens on the other side of this. Offense. And unforgiveness caused the Pharisees to reject the ministry of Jesus. It caused them to miss out on everything that the Lord had for them. Ultimately, I'm going to say it, and I know this is strong, but offense caused many of them to go to hell because they rejected Jesus' Lordship. Think about that for a moment. Offense, unforgiveness, bitterness. That is, these are the things that are the most dangerous enemies to a believer. Now, Obviously, we have never promoted, I have never promoted in my life that any believer go out and sin and engage in any kind of sinful activity. But you see, a lot of times, we don't think of offense and we don't think of unforgiveness and we don't think of bitterness as being sinful. We don't think of that. We think of lying, cheating, stealing, right? Coveting, you know, Uh, sexual sin, all these kind of things, not, you know, uh, maybe unholy gestures, you know, towards somebody. That's what we always think of sin. But we don't necessarily think if I'm holding a grudge, I'm sinning. We don't actually think of the fact that if we're offended and we're mad and we're angry and upset at somebody and we continue to rehearse that and continue to move in that, that we're actually... Operating in sinful activity at that moment in time. Now, I know that this is not necessarily an easy uh, message to receive just because the reality is whenever we're hurt and somebody's hurt us, you know, we want, let's just be honest, we want revenge. That's what the flesh wants. The flesh wants revenge. The flesh wants to retaliate. The flesh wants retribution. You know, they did this to me, so God... Pour out your fire on them. And then we're not talking about the fire of the Holy Ghost, right? Lord, you saw what they did to me, so Lord, let there be retribution upon them. But that's not what the Bible said for us to do, amen? That's not what Jesus said for us to do. That is not the way that Jesus even commanded us to pray. So offense will cause you, listen, offense will cause you to build offense, fence. Harboring an offense will produce bitterness within your life. And bitterness, hear this, it will destroy you. I've seen people die bitter. I've seen people die angry. I've seen seen people not fulfill the plan and will of God all because they were hanging on to bitterness. My friend, it's not worth it. You cannot afford to let what somebody did to you yesterday to keep you out of the future that God has for you right now. You can't allow what... You know, brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so did yesterday to keep you out of what God has for you today. Now understand this, forgiveness does not necessarily mean that you've got to go have a close relationship with that individual from this point on. There's sometimes there's some people that just because of their, the, the way that they live and the way they operate, you have to forgive them. And after that, you have to kind of love them from a distance. But understand this, we still have to forgive. amen, amen. So, a harboring an offense produces bitterness. How many of you know uh, the story of Absalom? Absalom was David's son. Absalom, what the Bible actually says is that he was a very handsome man. Some say he was, you know, he was kind of like David's uh, pride and joy in the sense of what, how he looked, and and all the things that could be ascribed to Absalom. And. Uh, there is no indication of Absalom going the wrong way until something happens. And Absalom's sister, whose name was Tamar, was raped by his half-brother, Amnon. And after she was raped, she actually came and lived with, lived with Absalom. And the Bible says this, from the day that Absalom found out about this, from the day that it happened, Absalom planned on killing Amnon. He already had a plan to kill his brother. See, a lot of times we've heard about Absalom and the Absalom spirit talked about in churches as those who would lead division and discord and try to bring some type of church split and these kind of things, and we call that an Absalom spirit. And by the way, it is an Absalom spirit. But I want you to hear this at the root of the Absalom spirit was not rebellion. At the root of Absalom was the fact that he took a defense and he became bitter about it. And what you read is that two years later, said for two years, Absalom would not even speak to his brother, wouldn't speak to him, wouldn't have nothing to do with him whatsoever. And two years later, he had a plan and a strategy that hatched that caused him to kill his own brother. And, uh, and then David, his father, really didn't do anything about it. There was no kind of disciplinary procedure or anything that was done to Absalom after this took place. And so Absalom continued on the road. And this is what you find. From that point on, what Absalom did is he began to gather people around him he never forgave Amnon. He never let it go. He stayed bitter. And I believe this is my personal opinion, although the Bible doesn't specifically say this. I want to, you know, say this is my opinion. I believe his bitterness was rooted in the fact that he got upset because his father didn't do anything about Amnon. Because David didn't do anything about the fact that Amnon raped his sister and because of that he got upset, he got angry, he got mad, he got bitter, he got upset, and he would never forgive. And think about this, for two years, he could have been working on forgiving his brother. Instead, for two years, he was meditating upon how he could actually serve some type of retribution. And ultimately, this is what happened. You know the story of absolutely led a rebellion. Think about this for a moment and this is the dangers of offense, unforgiveness, and bitterness. Ultimately, what happened with Absalom is this. The very thing that he was angry and upset with his brother for doing to his sister, he actually did to a worse situation in a worse manner Because what the Bible says is that whenever Absalom came into Jerusalem and he took over everything, that they actually pitched tents where the entire city and the entire nation could view the fact that Absalom would go in and have sex actually with David's concubines. Think about that. Think about, you know, that's a very perverted thing that was going on. And so what was, what was happening is this, the very thing, this is a very important, I'm, I'm getting somewhere with this. If you don't forgive somebody for what they did to you, you will end up doing the same thing to somebody else even to a greater degree and a greater measure. Did you know that? If you don't release them from it, you'll end up walking in the same thing and you'll do it even to a greater degree. Can you turn over to Matthew chapter 18? I've just kind of forgotten my notes tonight. I'm sharing out of my heart. Because, listen, we're going to walk in freedom. And let me tell you where freedom starts. Freedom starts with you walking free from offense and unforgiveness. And if you can't get rid of that, you'll never be free of anything else. Because that is the doorway to so many other things, so many other bondages, so many other root issues that begin to happen within our lives. What you see with the, with, with, with the, the scribes and Pharisees is that they were offended. They were offended. What did that lead to? Ultimately, it caused them to, be, to have no root. That's what Jesus said. Every plant that my father doesn't plant, you know that they're, gonna be, uh, they're gonna be uprooted. They became uprooted. They weren't able to be rooted in Christ. They were spiritually uprooted. See, people uproot from relationships, uproot from their family, uproot from marriage, you know, everything. Whenever offense begins to enter in it. They also, he said, let the blind lead the blind. They're they're blind people leading blind. There's spiritual blindness that happens as a result of offense and unforgiveness and bitterness. There's improper alignments. Then they end up falling into the ditch. Can you see that this is not a good thing? This is not a good thing. And so uh, Matthew chapter 18, let's start around verse uh, 21. I don't have this in my notes. Uh, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times, that's the question. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven, okay? Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And again, Jesus is giving a parable. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. You want to know what heaven is like? This is the kingdom of heaven. This is the way the kingdom of God operates and functions. You better get a hold of this. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's a lot. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. That's pretty good, right? He was compassionate. He forgave him the debt. Now, Jesus is saying, this is what the kingdom of God looks like, okay? But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed owed him a 100 denarii, not 10,000 talents, A 100 denarii, a big difference. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down on his feet and begged him. See, the same story. However, what he owed was much, much less than what the first man owes, which now he's choking him. "Have, Have patience with me and I will pay you all, verse 30. And he would not but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. Verse 31, so when his fellow servants saw that he had, what he had done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Verse 32, then his master, after he called him, said to him, you wicked servant. Now, I want everybody to understand this. What Jesus, the parable that he is giving here is this. When you walk in unforgiveness, you become a wicked servant, right? Are y'all still with me? Is this too strong for you? Y'all still love me? You gotta forgive me and you gotta love me, praise the Lord. You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him, oh, this is strong, and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. By the way, this is in the Gospels, okay? And this is Jesus speaking here. And verse 36, 35, excuse me. Now, this is the kicker. So, my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. What this scripture says is this. When you've refused to walk in forgiveness, you allow a place for the torturers to come in. You open the door for the enemy to come in and bring bondage within your life. When you make a decision that you're going to be bitter towards somebody, what ends up happening is you open the door for the enemy to come in and take advantage of you. Now, again, every single one of us asked at the beginning of a service, have you ever had something done? We all had, have had things done. Let me tell you what, I've had to forgive people before. I'll tell you a story. Over 30 years ago, I had to forgive somebody of something. And uh, it was something that was done to me to the point to where my daddy was saying that he was going to get a baseball bat and go give the guy a visit. That's how bad it was. See, he's a teddy bear now. He was a little bit more of a grizzly bear back then. But it was, it, it was, it was grievous. It was something that should not have been done. And my dad, like any father... It's kind of like, you know, dads, if you do something to me, that's okay. I'm a, I'll be okay. But you do something to my kids. Look out. Look out. Look out. Right? Don't, don't mess with my kids. Don't mess with my children. You mess with my son, watch out. Okay? I got five-fold ministry here. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> right? But daddy was, he was upset. He was upset. And, I, and I'd, be, I'd have been the same way about Joshua. I, I don't, I, you're right. I, we, and we all had to. And I can remember every time that I would have to drive by the place where this had taken place. Every time i drive by there, it'd be a pit in my stomach. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, ugh, someone would just grab me on the inside. and one time I was driving by there and the Lord said I heard the voice of the Lord very clearly and he said by the way the voice of the Lord doesn't come just to tell you how great you are the voice of the Lord doesn't come just to tell you your future and your destiny the voice of the Lord will also tell you you're doing wrong right now and you got to correct this in your life Everybody wants to hear the word, oh, you're going to be the next Oral Roberts, right? (laughs) You know, great, God's anointed you. Praise the Lord. And those are, praise the Lord, we believe in that. Don't misunderstand me. But you know, we have to understand that the word, when God speaks, that he will speak and bring conviction in your heart. That's one of the traits. By the way, there's a good book out there, Voices One. Talk about the voice of conviction. The Holy Spirit will bring conviction. He will convict you of righteousness three different aspects of righteousness that the Holy Spirit will speak to you. He said, every time you go by there, you stretch out your hand and you forgive them. Every time you go by there, stretch out your hand and forgive them. And so you know what I did? I had to go by there quite a bit. And it must have been at least four times a week we're having to go by there, at least that many. And every time I'd go by there, I would stretch out my hand. I forgive you. You know how when you start forgiving somebody, you don't feel forgiveness whatsoever. Come on. Everything within you is shouting. Your flesh is crying out. But let me tell you one thing that's happening that we don't realize. Our flesh is being crucified and there's a burning offering that's going up to the Lord. There's a sweet smelling sacrifice that's going up in the nose of the Lord, the nostrils of the Lord. I don't have time to get there. But I would reach out my hand and say, I forgive you. And then it started out like, I forgive you. I forgive you. Err. R. I forgive you. You know? And, but I kept, then it became, I forgive you. 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 I'm praying for you. till within about a month, somewhere about a month later, months, two months, we drove by there, and I didn't even realize that we were going by the place. That was the moment that I realized forgiveness has now come. You forgive by faith. Forgiveness is a deliberate act. It has nothing to do with the way you feel has nothing to do with you feel gushy and gushy about the individual when you start out. But I forgave to the point to where I could go by there and it didn't even bother me anymore. Got to the point, I was like Joseph. I said, you know what the enemy meant for evil and what you may have meant for evil, God's only turned it around and worked it for my good. God's worked all things for my good in this situation. And let me tell you, and I don't have time to go into all the good things that God did on the other side of it. And you know, now I'll look back and I go, you know what, it's okay. Because, you know, that what, what you tried to keep from happening in order for me to, to, to advance, God found a road. God already had a road. God already had a plan that was greater than the one that I was going after. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you what happens. I'm closing with this. Y'all still with me? Yes. This is what This is what happened. Last week, last week, since Mike, we were having all of our staff was together. The ladies it was the day of the ladies' meeting. The ladies they were having a ladies' meeting, and uh, the and uh, anyway, we were yeah the guys we were at lunch together. We were just having kind of a staff meeting, eating lunch together. I got a call. Castle got a call, and he said, "Who is this?" And he said his name, and then Castle repeated the name, and I looked like, what? You want to meet with pastor today? You're going to be at the church whenever we get back? You want to? And I told Castle, it's fine. And so we got back to the church, and the very person, 35 years later, got out of his truck and he opened up his arms like this. And he called my name, and I would open my arms like this. And I went over to him, and we embraced, and we hugged. Came into the office. He got down several times, and he asked for forgiveness. Before he left, he got down on his knee and said, I want to ask you to forgive me for what I did. Can I tell you that sometimes, and of course I told him, I said, you don't have to do that. You don't understand. I forgave you 35 years ago. I I forgave you 35 years ago. It's already, this is already, this is nothing to me now. God has blessed me. Look at what God has done. I took him through the building showed him the entire building. And the only thing he could say was, wow, this is incredible. He said, I'm not even in a place to even say this. He said, but I'm so proud of you and what God has done through you. He said when he first got out of his truck, I'm not using a name deliberately. He said, I want you to know you are a true man of God. A person who had cursed me 35 years ago. Now, 35 years later, steps out of his truck and says, you're a man of God. Can I tell you that you don't know what's going to happen at some point in time in your future. And that individual, and I've had it happen before, the very people, the very people that did something wrong to me later on, God used them to bring blessing into my life. My friend it ain't worth hanging on to it. If you hang on to it, you're gonna be handed over to the torturers. If you hang on to it, you're gonna be opening up the door for the enemy to come in and take advantage of you. It's not worth it. Would you stand to your feet? How many of you got something out of this tonight? You get something out of it? We're gonna do something right now. And I want everybody just to lift your hands to the Lord right there where you're at. I know this is really ended this at the end up in with a shout This is not one of those messages necessarily whoo we're gonna take off and run around the church but this is an introspective message where we have to look at ourselves and say Lord if there's any area in my life some of you may have areas where even it might be parental areas where you have maybe something happened with your parents maybe something happened with your grandparents aunts uncles oh man it could be just anybody past employers maybe it was a past pastor who did something wrong i'm not saying you got to go back you got to do anything you got to go reconnect but what i am saying is this you cannot continue to walk in unforgiveness you have to release it for your listen for your sake you got to release it and you got to say i forgive you again doesn't mean you got to go join arm in arm with him again but what it does mean is this i'm forgiving and i'm releasing this so i can move on into what god has for me as long as i keep rehearsing what happened to me five years ago ten years ago the only thing i do is continue to victimize myself i am victimizing myself i'm causing myself to relive the very event and relive the victimization of that so come on lift your hands to the lord right now and just say Lord, Lord, I just thank you for revealing, Lord, anything in anyone's heart, any area that they need to forgive, any area that they need to release right now. Listen, you know the voice of the Holy Spirit and whatever the Lord speaks to you right now, you just say, Lord, I release that. I release that individual. I release that situation, whatever it might be. Whatever disappointed you, Lord, I release that now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we release it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we choose to forgive. I want everybody to say this. In the name of Jesus, I choose to forgive. Come on, I choose to forgive. I forgive by faith. I forgive right now. In the name of Jesus, I will not be bitter. I will not be offended. I will not walk in unforgiveness. I choose to forgive today. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I release it. I release it. Come on, I say, I release it. I, I, I divest myself of it. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen hallelujah now this is what i want you to do real quickly just reach over to somebody near you just put your hand upon them and just begin to pray for them lord we just declare strength within your people lord god strength and understanding to forgive strength and understanding to release things now in the name of jesus whatever may have taken place whatever may have happened lord right now we release it we forgive we release it we forgive God, whatever somebody did to us, we declare Lord God, you will restore that any area where the enemy stole, that Lord God, that there is a shalom that you will bring in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus right now, in Jesus' mighty name, We release it now, healing now, Lord. Let it flow now in the name of Jesus. Let healing flow now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we release them and we declare forgiveness. We forgive, we forgive. We forgive and we release. We're moving forward. We're moving onward. We're moving into what you have for us. And we're not gonna hang on to yesterday's hurt any longer. We're not gonna hang on to yesterday's hurt any longer. Lord God, we receive the healing for it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Can we all just give the Lord a praise tonight? Hallelujah. Now I know I went a little bit over. Let me just encourage you with this. See, anytime that thing begins to come back to you, whatever it might be, you just have to choose to say, Lord, I forgive them. Don't meditate on it. Don't talk about it. Don't go go tell your neighbor how bad that person was. You say, Lord, I forgive them and I release them. Lord, I forgive and I release. I'm not gonna hang on to it. Lord, I forgive and I release. I'm not hanging on to it anymore in Jesus' name.